Welcome into a playoff edition of the Low Post Pod. I'm your host, Christian Martinelli, joined with two newcomers this year, uh, Brian Heston. Uh, he's been on the pod in the past. And uh, Logan Goodman, he's been a contributor all year, uh, helping us out. But his first time on the pod, Matt and Kyle, uh, you know, tough schedules this week, couldn't get on. Um, but I'm sure you guys don't care. You're really on here to see me mostly. So um, I appreciate you guys joining in again. Uh, and yeah, Logan and Brian, thanks for coming on, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I think the last time I was on was after our last playoff loss. So uh, that's <laughs> kind of my theme now is just to come on after our season's over, talk about talk about our team and uh, talk about how I feel about the league moving forward. So glad to be on here. And uh, I feel like I can give a, a neutral view now that my season's done at least. Unfortunate trend, but um, <laughs> yeah, Logan, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, you've been helping. How, how you been helping this year? I do a lot of the, the like the uh, the player of the week, the game of the week graphics. Uh, I do uh, right now. I'm designing some shirts, I think, and then uh, I've done a few of the post game shows, which is super fun. So I hope I get to come back next year and help you guys out some more. So awesome! Yeah, yeah. all those graphics look sick, and you've got to make some. Uh... For Brian, the last few weeks as he's been racking up the player of the week uh, titles for sure. So, uh, yeah, mm. you've been doing an awesome job all summer. So thanks for that. Hey, one thing about that uh, last player of the week that I won, I know uh, the DJ's <laughs> boys, I know they they listen a lot and uh, they were not upset. I don't think that I won it, but upset that um, I was back to back when they had an, an instance earlier in the year when they want or when Kutu could have been back to back. But um, I actually voted for Vincent Volpe. I think uh, not because my game was bad that week, but I thought he deserved at least one player of the week with the way he's been shooting the ball this year. He's been going insane. And I, I really want him to win the last week. So unfortunately I guess I won it, but uh, I really wish that Volpe could have got some credit because his season's been really inc- impressive so far this year. Yeah. Uh, I remember when that happened, Kutu like went off for like 40 something points and mm. actually on the podcast, we were like talking about how egregious it was like that he didn't get that and whatever. Like we're kind of just, Ragging on Joe. He was in the that. vote. He wasn't even in the vote, I don't think. No, yeah. he wasn't. Yeah, yeah so that was crazy. And uh yeah, Vincent probably deserved to get one, but you know, mm-hmm. you you put up like some like I don't know, five, six straight huge weeks. So, you know, it is what it is. You just mm-hmm. you know, you just been running away with all the awards, and I'm sure you'll have some uh postseason awards coming your way as well. We know you're getting at least two MVP votes. Uh Kyle and Matt, who are usually on the pod, said they both voted for you for MVP. So we'll be seeing if you'll be adding that to your mantelpiece as well, which is uh, you know, interesting race between probably you and John Kutu, I assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, my vote would have been to Kutu just because of the way the Duets boys all year pretty much dominated a lot of everyone, and he's you know the main focal point of that team. So if he wins it, I think he totally deserves it. And if I win it, then uh, I'll definitely accept the award, no question about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was that your fourth one? Fifth one? Uh, it'd be my first MVP. If, first uh, MVP. No, oh, you oh, got you the, deep, the defensive player yeah. of the years. Yeah, I kind of hope yeah. I can rack up another DPOY because at this point, that's just – I got four of them already. I'm hoping to get another one, but we'll see how the votes fall. Yeah, you're definitely my vote for defensive player of the year. I think – I was checking the stats leaders earlier. I think you're leading in rebounds by like 30 or something. Uh, I think you're leading in steals, leading in blocks. So – uh, I think it's definitely your your uh, award to lose if, you know, you could be defensive player of the year, you could be MVP, and, you know, it would be awesome if you're both. Um, mm. Because uh, John Kutu at this point looking like he could maybe be finals MVP. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, but for now, let's get into these quarterfinals games. We had some awesome games, uh, like we predicted on the podcast last week. We had a feeling some of these games would be – uh, awesome barn burners. We had a feeling maybe some of them wouldn't be as close. Um, we're going to start with a game that the final score really doesn't reflect how close this game was, at least halfway through. Um, Duye's boys versus halfway crooks. Duye's boys end up winning this uh, 76 to 49. I think we set like a 20, 25 point line on this. Uh, Duye's boys did cover that line by a few points. But if you were watching this game and you're following it on Snapchat, watching it in person, uh, you'll realize that Duya's boys' offense wasn't clicking in the first half whatsoever. Um, and they only carried a five-point lead going into half. Third quarter, they wake up, they kind of explode, um, and, and they end up running away with this victory pretty easily in the end. But uh, this game was a lot tougher than, uh, you know, the final score kind of says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, with the Crooks, like you said, they were in it until halftime. 
Um, you know, just from watching the game, they were missing a lot of not open shots, but shots that in other weeks they could those could have fallen. So I mean, you look at the stats for the for the Crooks shooting, thirty two percent from the field, um, twenty one to sixty four as a team. Credit the Duets boys defense there for making some of those shots tougher, but uh, really struggling from deep. I mean, Joey zero for six from three, Sweeney one for nine, Hanson two for nine, and uh, especially with Sweeney and Hanson, like we know that there's weeks where those guys can light it up from beyond uh, three point line. So tough for them to to go out this way, but uh, credit the Duets boys for turning it on the second half and running away with it. Yeah, Logan, what did uh, what what kind of stands out to you for the reason why? You know, Duje's boys were able to uh, handle them in the end. Duje's boys are just—they—they uh, they play very, very aggressive. They play great defense. They play great, even better offense. Um, the unfortunate thing for the uh, the halfway crooks is they just don't have the the guys that can put up multiple double double digit nights, and uh, you can see that clearly here. They only got two guys in double digits, while uh, every single week you got two guys on Duje's boys putting up twenty or more. You got to equal that you got to equal that offensive output. And then I don't really think there's many teams in the league that can keep up with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a reason why Dewey's boys have won 11, 12, whatever it is, 13 straight games. Uh, their offense is just, you know, phenomenal with, especially when Zach Tartaglia is scoring 26 points, who has definitely taken a backseat in the scoring department as Vincent Volpe is kind of, you know, I think he has like a nine point rise in his points per game this season up to like 26 a game. Tartagulous taking the back seat, but in this game, he stepped up big. He was hitting tons of uh, shots, putting up 26 points, leading scorer of the game. Um, and then on the halfway crook side, I feel bad. Had a conversation with Joey later. He was demoralized about his shooting performance. We kind of busted his balls all season on the podcast saying, come on, Joey, you got to get the shooting better. It's getting a little disgraceful you know, two points a game, three points a game, whatever he was averaging. And, you know, he was just like, I don't know if I have it anymore. So I feel bad about that. But um, halfway crooks, you know, they were probably never going to win this game. Dewey's boys are just uh, too potent on each side of the ball. They bring too much energy. And uh, they're just really a team at the end of the day. So that's what makes them great. It doesn't matter, you know, who does the bulk of the scoring uh, at the end of the day, as long as they get the W, everyone's happy. So see if it's a Volpe scored half his average. Uh, he doesn't care. He just wanted to get the W. So that's what makes Dewey's boys special. That's why they're probably, you know, still the favorites to win the championship this year for sure. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's the dangerous thing about the Dewey's boys is that they have so much depth. I mean, like you mentioned, Volpe had kind of an off game by his standards of this year uh, with 13 points and, you know, Tartaglia stepping it up, putting up 26. There's nights too where Yarsi can go off. He comes off the bench, which is, I mean, to get a guy like that coming off your bench is, you know, an advantage for any team in the league. So with him doing that, I mean, there's going to be nights where he'll carry them sometimes. Kutu, you know what you'll get out of him. Shane Patrick has the potential if they leave him open, um, you know, he can hit some threes. So, um, and even inside too, he can get the ball inside and score. So they just have so many weapons that they can score with. Um, that's what makes them obviously the number one seed in the entire postseason and one of the best teams in the league overall. And the thing about Joey shooting is, uh, he probably needs to get that Connecticut league going because when he's playing two nights a week, it probably improves his his shooting numbers. So um, once Joey gets that back, then I think uh, we'll see a rebranded Joey. And um, I think the other thing too at the Crooks that maybe hurt them throughout the year is that they never seem to have a consistent group of guys showing up where that kind of matters come playoff time if you know what guys you have and what what your guys can do. I mean, we didn't really see Dylan Lincoln too much this year, I believe. Um, Joey Cora was on this team for some games and it's like, you got to get consistent guys there. Um, definitely helps making a playoff run when you have consistent guys. And, uh, that's something the duo's boys also have is they always have the same guys showing up every week. Yeah. Um, so you know, the, the Duje's boys have, it seems like they have the size everywhere as well. They have the size and they have the athleticism and really just, it just never seems to have the, like the, the lineup for the halfway crooks is different every week like you said and uh like they just don't have the the size to compete with a team like this so i was actually shocked when i saw they were still in this game at half but but mm-hmm. the Dujays boys are just too good yeah they they are and uh you know i'm looking forward to their uh, matchup that we're going to get into a little bit later uh it's going to be a real interesting one um and now for a game that we were really excited about brian i know you were really excited about this game in the end, didn't go exactly how you wanted it. Uh, you guys looked like you were going to maybe uh, hang on to win this game. Uh, good you. They just made a few more plays down the stretch there. Uh, obviously, I want to hear from you just 
your overall perspective um, on the uh, 68 to 64 loss versus uh, good you the other night. Yeah. I mean, if you had asked us before the postseason started, what are the three teams, you know, the three best teams in the league, uh, you know, excluding our team for, for that argument, we would probably say the three best teams would have been Duye's boys, Lob City and good you. And with the way that our playoff bracket was set up, those are the three teams we're going to have to go through. So, I mean, going into the playoffs, we obviously knew it was going to be a, a long road ahead and, uh, um, credit good you. I mean, they're a tough team. They're very physical. And that's something that benefited them in this game is that they're very physical with us. Uh, we were matching it to some degree, but uh, I personally, not that to make an excuse, but, um, you know, we drive a lot and they did a good job of kind of forming a wall like teams do against players like Giannis in the NBA. Like they, they form that wall and they, and they make it difficult for me to get inside. Um, so I'll credit them there. I think I got fouled a couple of times, but it is what it is. It's the playoffs, you know, can't complain about fouls all the time. So, um, uh, like I said, credit this team. They're very good defensively. They're pretty much the same group they had last time they went to the finals, I believe. And then they, they've they added Randy Butler, who, um, you know, I got a lot of respect for him. He's a great player. Same thing with Matt St. Hours. He wasn't there in the regular season when we played him. But, uh, you know, he was huge in, the, in this game for them. And he was, you know, one of the guys that we were kind of focused in on defensively trying to stop, and we couldn't really do that. And then, you know, on our end, like I said, the shooting was difficult. I mean, you look at our numbers. Um from inside the arc compared to three point range. Like we shot way better from three than we did um, inside the arc, which is just not at all werewolves basketball. Like we are very much an inside team. So uh, like I said, credit them. They made us play a totally different game and we were winning for a while. Um, there were a couple of stretches that might've killed us, but at the end of the day, they're us and them were probably two of the top four or five teams in the league. So to get them in the quarterfinals was tough, but someone had to lose. So, you know, here we are. Yeah, it was it was tough. And Logan, I'll just talk for a minute here because I get to see it in person. It was mm -hmm. um, it was you know, we talked about the podcast last week. We, we were saying, like, if this game is more than five points one way or the other, we would be shocked. Um, it was really a one possession game. I know it says four points, but you guys just a little following at the end there. Um, you know, they definitely did a great job making your life difficult. Um, they know you want to get to the rim and that's where you do most of your damage and stuff. So they, they were really smart. I mean, they're a bunch of smart basketball players, so they definitely took that away. Um, you know, luckily for you guys, Dave Campbell was really clutched down the stretch hitting those threes. Um, I think he hit three or four of them in the last in the fourth quarter, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then, you know, just a little a little lack of production probably towards the bottom of the roster hurt a little bit. Um, you know, obviously that's not something you want to say, but I'm just looking at the, the box score here and, you know, good you, they, they were just a, a little bit more solid uh, down the stretch. Um, but overall, man, it was a great, it was a great season by, by the werewolves. You guys started off, you know, not ideal, you know, two tough teams you lost to, um, but then you guys soared, soared back winning. What was it? Five, five or six straight, six straight, right? Five in a row. Five in a row. Okay. Um, but yeah, you guys, uh, you guys played great basketball the whole time. It was just uh, unfortunate that I had to end this way. And it was a really tough draw getting good you as the, um, as the sixth seed, because in all reality, they're probably you and them are probably like tied for like the third best team in the league. You know, mm. you guys are three and four. So that was unfortunate that um, they ended up with that sixth seed because you guys definitely deserve to be in the semis, but um, it's unfortunate, but you know, you guys are always fun to watch and I'm looking forward to seeing you guys next year. Um, Logan, so what do you see from good you that makes them, you know, such a tough team to beat and, you know, the reason they were able to outlast the werewolves? I always see the, the defenses, the defense show up for good you week in and week out. So even if their offense isn't great, they're going to be there defensively, which means you're going, the opposing team is going to shoot bad. You just got to make sure that you're shooting good enough to get the up in the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, Palumbo did a great job on me, especially in the fourth quarter. I, I realized they, they switched him on to me late in the game. And uh, he made my life difficult, that's for sure. He's one heck of a defender, and uh, give him all the credit in the world for the way he played me in that game, too. Yeah. So, you know, uh, after after the season, obviously a short season, and, you know, you had a lot of personal and team success, uh, even though it ended a little earlier than you, you felt, you know, it probably should have. Um, like, what is your overall feeling or, like, assessment of the season? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously the end goal is to win a championship, and, um, for the past couple of seasons, we've definitely been in contention. Um, even this year, I mean, like we said, if the, the playoff bracket had laid out a little bit differently, we'd probably make a deeper run. Um, so it is what it is. But overall, you know, we had a lot of fun 
And, you know, like I said, we started out really bad 0-2, and uh, people started counting us out, and it was a lot of fun to kind of come back and, and win five in a row. I don't think we've ever done that in Legacy Leagues for, for us. So it was fun to do that, and, um, you know, maybe next time we'll uh, come back. We don't know who we'll have next season, but we'll be back, and we'll have, you know, as much fun as we always do, which is, you know, we're just playing out there playing with our, with our friends, and uh, whatever happens, happens. So yeah. overall, fun year, and I'm looking forward to the next one. Definitely. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of does suck. Like, I feel bad. Like, I didn't really have a horse in, in the race for that game, obviously. But I just felt like you guys deserved to win that game. I thought you guys were the better team for 38 minutes of the game. And then the last two minutes, good, you just kind of executed a little bit better. Um, but, you know, obviously, you get to play all 40 minutes. So it was uh, – I think you guys were up 64 to 61, right? They went a 7-0 run to finish the game, I'm pretty sure. Is that what happened? Uh, I think it was 61-62 they were up. And then um, Will Will Watkins hit a three to put us up two. And then next possession down, Matt Sowers drove and kicked it out to, uh, I believe, Brennan Degnan, who his only three that he hit of the day was a top-of-the-key three that put them up. And then um, Dave had a good look from, you know, floater range in the mid-range and just fell off the rim, and then we had to start fouling. So that's kind of how it turned out. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was, like I said, it's fun year. They're a really solid team. Um, if we played, you know, any of the other lower seeds around that range, the six, seven, eight range in the first round, we probably would have came out with the win. So it does suck in that, you know, um, circumstance. But, you know, it's Legacy League's playoffs. It's a shortened season. You know, some of these seeds are going to be messed up and not true to who these teams are. And I don't think good you at all is the sixth best team in this league, despite being the sixth seed. You guys, you guys would have been better off being uh... – probably losing another game this season, you probably would have ended up uh, with an easier matchup versus the Warriors, the Orcas, but you know, it is what it is. Um, you guys put up a good fight and it was a, it was a great season. So uh, mm. thanks for the entertainment and uh, <laughs> we won't scar you anymore talking about this game. So we'll, we'll move on to, yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll move on to that game that you guys could have been. in if you stunk a little more, but um, it was the Warriors versus the Orcas. This is another game we talked about last week, uh, probably going to be a really close game. Um, I think we slightly favored the Warriors because uh, they're a team that had won like four out of five or five out of six, something like that. And, uh, you know, the Orcas are a team that have been a little inconsistent throughout the year. You don't really know how the offense is going to be from week to week, but, um, you know, they play tough defense and they're just a hard-nosed team. And they were able to grit out this win 60 to 56. It was kind of a, a back-and-forth game, all game, uh, obviously pretty low-scoring. Um, and then at the end, in the end, uh, the Orcas just outscored them by five in the, in the fourth quarter to kind of grit out this win. Dexter Liu, who's been outstanding all year, I assume he's going to be an all-star 29 points. Um, Jeff Winchell, not much to be said on the, you know, in the scoring column, but he was able to hold Kevin Figueredo to 20 points on 20 shots, which is crazy because he really only takes layups and dunks and he averages like 25 a game. So uh, that was a really good defensive performance. So, Obviously, this game was going on during your game, Brian, um, but I know you saw the, the highlights and heard a lot about it. So uh, what do you think about the Orcas, you know, coming out on top? And, you know, not like it was a huge shock, but I think maybe we all, you know, would have expected Warriors uh, to win this game maybe six out of ten times. Yeah, I mean, these are two evenly matched teams, and the, the score obviously shows it. Um, credit Dexter Liu, like you mentioned, with 29 points, which is huge, especially on a night, like you mentioned, where Jeff Winch was off. Um, I'm I'm not really too familiar with both these teams because we didn't play either of them and I didn't really see too many of their games, but I know people like Dexter and, and Winchell on, on the Orcas. And I also know, you know, Figueroa, um and Goncalves on, on the Warriors. So I know a couple guys on each end, but um, yeah, from what it looked like, these two teams were pretty evenly matched and um, the Orcas are able to pull us out shooting a, you know, huge six or 17 of 23 from the line where, um, you know, free throws matter in this league. And when you're not hitting the three ball, which they really weren't that night, um, they made their money at the line. And that's really what ended up winning them this game was being so efficient at the free throw line. Logan. Yeah. Logan. Yeah. What do you, what do you see from the Yorkers that, that make them so tough, even though, you know, they've had a little up and down season. Uh, the Orcas make you play to their, their win. They, they are a strong defensive team. Uh, they are, the, these this was a match of the two lowest scoring teams in the league um and so i knew this was not going to be a very high scoring affair it just was whoever made those shots big at the end and uh the orcas just did that better this time 
they uh, did they struggled from three, which is not really anything new. But they do get the job done inside, and they do play great defense. And I think that's what separated them apart in this game against the Warriors for sure. Mm-hmm. And they're missing uh, Mike Wilbur too, who I know he can. He hasn't really been too effective this year on his stats, but I know he's someone who um, definitely will be able to score the ball if he's there in the semifinals. And he's just uh, another another threat that you have to worry about when you're playing the Orcas. Yeah, I saw he was limping pretty good, so I don't know if his avail what his availability is going to be next week. Uh, but he's definitely a good, you know, good piece to have. He's a solid ball handler, and you know, he's maybe good for six to ten points. So mm-hmm. they could definitely use that because you know, Orcas can use all the scoring because you know, Dexter Lou's not going to score twenty nine every week. He might score you fifteen to twenty, but um, you know, the scoring they need all the help they can get, uh, especially next week going against the Duvies boys. It's going to be a really tough matchup for them. But you know, I think the Orcas are a team that. Um, are very capable. Uh, I think they're, I think, you know, throughout the season, I, I thought they were settling for too many threes. Um, they only took 18 this game, which is pretty good. And they only made three, which obviously is pretty terrible, but um, you know, as long as you're not just chucking up threes all game and they're using their uh, ability to get to the rim, like Dexter Lou was kind of like a man possessed getting to the rim. He was, uh, you know, drawing fouls and playing extremely tough. So, um, this is an Orcas team that can definitely give the Duvies boys some problems. Um, can they win the game? I don't know. We'll get into that. But, um, you know, they're a really tough-nosed team, so so that's why I get all of the Orcas. And uh, on the Warriors, just before we finish, uh, really good season for, you know, a team mostly made out of guys that have never been in the league before. I thought they, um, you know, put up a great performance. You know, they're they're unlucky to not be in the semifinals and other bounce one way or the other in this game. And, you know, it's probably going to be them going against Dewey's boys. But, you know, really good year after, uh, you know, no one really gave them too much credit until these last few weeks. So um, shout out to the Warriors. That was a, a really good run. I love to see them back in the league next year for sure. Um, yeah, I feel like um, I feel like they're probably like a, maybe like one piece away from being in that, you know, in that next group of teams that that can really win it all in any given year. I mean, they have a, a solid foundation with um, Figueredo, who, you know, there's just not a lot of people in the league that can stop him or slow him down. So um, they can build around what they have. And if they add another piece or two that can really score the ball and bring defensive intensity, then uh, they're going to be a team to watch come next season if they if they return. 100%. I'd love to see that, uh, that you know, like you said, with Figueredo, man, when, when mm-hmm. he gets the ball in the low block, it's – it's really hard to stop him. And Jeff Winchell did a great job in this game. Uh, but, you know, most of the time he's going to get his uh, when he needs to. So mm-hmm. uh, moving on to the last quarterfinal game, this was a game that I think we all, you know, felt pretty confident that Lob City was going to run away with this. Um, but ball don't lie, you know, they played really tough, um, especially in the first half, or I should say the first quarter. Um, they were winning 16 to 15. Grant Rosenberg was on fire. Um, and then, everything kind of came uh, back down to earth in that second quarter. Lob City wins the second quarter, 21 to five, um, extremely lopsided. But then you look at the other quarters, third quarter, uh, Lob City only wins by one. Fourth quarter, they only win by one. So it was totally contested besides one quarter. It was actually a really good game, um, you know, besides the second when Lob City kind of woke up. Uh, you know, Vic Cashew, he put up 21, Greg Holt, 16, Jose Mercado, 16. They, you know, they can do it in multiple ways, and they didn't even have uh, Colin Burns, who was another really good player for them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just going to say shout-out to Ball Don't Lie. They, I think they proved a lot of people wrong and put up a really good fight towards the end of the season here, a uh, team that was 0-4 um, and then ended up winning um, three games, which is pretty impressive. So uh, shout-out to Ball Don't Lie, great season. And uh, – I love the videos Ellis puts out. So those are pretty fun as well. They have a, they have an awesome Twitter presence. So mm. um, I know, Brian, you get to see some of this game. I don't know how long you were there for, but um, were you there for the second quarter? I actually left at the end of the first, and I was like, <laughs> ball don't lie. Uh, they got a chance. You know, they're they, they winning at the end of the first, like you said. And um, we were kind of leaving saying, like, not that Grant has to carry them, but um, he's going to have to have, you know, another – spectacular three quarters for them to win this game just because of how good Lob City is. Uh, looking at the stats, looked like Ellis struggled a little bit, who, you know, that's tough for ball don't lie when you're undermatched and um, and one of your your main guys is, is having an off night. It's tough to win, especially in those circumstances. Um, 
But, you know, ball don't lie. They're a fun team. Um, first season for a lot of these guys. And I'm um, looking forward to seeing what they come back with. They kind of got a little bit of a, a Duyez boys feel to me where the Duyez boys, their first year, were a little mm-hmm. bit slow to slow to start. Towards the end of the year, they picked it up, got it together. Then they came back their second season and, uh, you know, new team. And then they kind of just, you know, ran away with it. So I, I I'm looking forward to ball don't lie. See if they come back with some new pieces, some guys that uh, can, you know, help them take in the next step in this league and get to, you know, be one of those top competitors in the league. Yeah. And uh, before I send it over to you, Logan, uh, I just want to say, but online, yeah, it was, it was a great season. I think they could definitely, they grab a few more guys, get w- rid of a little bit of that dead weight and uh, just with the energy they bring and they're, they're like pretty invested to the league. So I think it could, they could definitely be a, a team that contends, uh, they just got to get Grant a little bit of help. You know, Ellis also usually puts in about 15 mm. points. Tough game for him. The Hebrew Hammer, he had a good game, Jake <laughs> Abrams. But um, Lob City, of course, was just too much in the end. They're a great team. And, Logan, that's what I want to get to you for. You get to see, like, all of Lob City's, like, crazy highlights. Um, you know, I'm sure, you know, you get them nonstop. They're always in the top five plays and all that. So yeah. what do you think of this Lob City team? Because they're obviously a force to be reckoned with right now. Uh, so I, I definitely missed the ball on uh, Lob City in the very beginning of the season. I watched them play Sin City, and I was really, really like, it just seemed like they didn't have energy. They they really proved me wrong week in and week out, and they're a very good team. They can score the ball whenever they want, wherever they want. They can hit the threes. They can hit inside anything. They can take it in the paint, and they just had too much size for a ball, don't lie. I didn't even see ball, don't lie. Um, being close in this game, but Grant Rosenberg does it again, and they adding a piece or two, they they are only going to get better from here. But of course, Lob City is just so much in the end. They're the leading rebounder in the team or in the league. I'm sorry, and uh, you know they do a great job week in and week out. They have the they have everything they need, and they uh, they wall up on defense, and it's very very hard to score on Lob City for the most part. Yeah, Lob City is just a team, and. Brian, you can talk about this because I know you played them uh, just two weeks ago. Uh, they're just – the energy thing, I think it's an interesting point. You you bring up like sometimes they do have the energy, sometimes they don't. Um, but they're just very athletic and very skilled basketball players. So when they want to turn it on, I mean, it's very hard. And when Jose Mercado is your third leading scorer, um, it's, it's going to be trouble for, for the other team that night, that's for sure. Um, but Brian, what makes Lob City so hard to, you know, deal with? I know you guys gutted out a big win against them, which was, um, you know, maybe not everyone was really expecting that. I don't know if I was really expecting that, but you guys have put on an awesome show in that game. So what is it about them that makes them so tough? Yeah, it's tough to talk about this because I, I really wish I was in this next game to, to get another matchup against Lob City. I like playing against those guys. They're fun to play against. Um, but they are just a very good team. Uh, when we played them, they didn't have Vic, and and he brings you know a whole nother level to them. He hasn't really been there too much for them this year, and I think if he's there the rest of the way, they have a very good chance to win it because he is kind of a guy that brings that energy, like you're mentioning, Logan. Where um, when he's there, the energy and the dynamic of this team changes. He's a great defender. Um, he has the three point three point shot. Some nights he might have it, um, but he just moves the ball well too. I mean, he had six assists in this game. And um, when Lobster is moving the ball, that's when they're most dangerous. They have great individual talents like like Cody and Greg and Vic and Jose, obviously. Um, but when they move the ball, that's what makes them more dangerous than kind of just going ISO. And I think when we played them, we, we baited them into playing a lot of ISO ball, which is what worked for us. Um, but I think, you know, that's kind of what Lob City, the true Lob City team is when they're moving the ball. They're getting out and running. Cody's, you know, spotting up in the three-point line transition. Uh, hitting threes and yelling in people's faces. That's when they're most dangerous. And I think when Vic's there, they bring that next level um, to Lob City. So they're, like I said, a talented team, proven champion in this league. And uh, they're going to be t- a tough out for whoever, you know, I mean, good you plays them next, but they're going to be a tough out anyway in this playoff. Yeah, they're, they're definitely uh, the two seed for a reason. I think they're the team that after Dewey's boys, everyone would expect Lob City to probably come out on top this year. They're, like you said, Vic Shu. I don't know if he gets tons of, of credit from everyone all the time. Uh, he kind of goes under the radar for some reason, but he's uh, probably the straw that stirs a drink with this team. He he just makes it happen. Um, you know, 
even though Jose, you know, he's going to be, you know, thrown down on people from the free throw line and all that. Um, Vic Cashew just does it on every end and he brings a lot of energy. So Lob City, man, we're, we're going to get into their matchup. Uh, I don't know if we're getting into it next. Yes, we are. So may as well just transition right into that. Uh, a really, really interesting game. Um, we'll talk about it. We'll set some lines here and then we'll kind of uh, see which side we fall on. But, you know, Lob City, after saying what we just said, I think they got to be the team that's that's favored in this game by at least a few points. I feel like maybe they're five-point favorites in this game. I don't know what you guys think about that, but um, I just think Lob City is, is just a little bit better than Good U, um, and, it, and it's only by a few points. But this is another game where no matter if it was you you guys with the Werewolves or, or Good U, it, it was going to be a really good game, and I assume this is going to be another um, classic that comes down to uh, definitely single digits. What do you guys think? Yeah, I I was definitely looking at I was thinking, you know, five as the spread in my mind, too, for Lob City. Uh, I think, you know, just being the, the higher seed, they obviously are favored by that. Um, and just the way that they play, you know, they're obviously favored. But the thing about Good U is the same thing that, you know, we saw in, in our game is that they're a great defensive team. And, um, you know, Lob City has a lot of individual talent. So if Good U can kind of get, like I said, Lob City to play a lot of iso ball, and really kind of make the ball stick in a player's hand, like Jose bait him into taking a lot of jumpers, um, you know, or, you know, not letting Cody get wide open looks, then, uh, then they're going to, then that gives good you the best chance I, I can think of. I mean, they're the only team that's ever beaten Lob City in a playoff game. They beat him two years ago in the, in the semis, I believe. So um, they know the recipe. It's just a matter of if they can, you know, cook it up and get this W for, for good deal. I uh, just it, for me, I'm with the same spread. I'm on the side of Lob City as well. I, the Orcas just do not shoot the ball well enough, and Lob City rebounds the ball way too well. They're gonna get down the floor and put up shots repeatedly. Um, Jose Mercado has proven that he can hit anything. The, the some of the shots that I've seen this man hit this year have been absolutely unreal, and so uh, I'm very fairly confident that the Lob City wins this one. But having Victor get 17 rebounds last night. They probably still get those 17 rebounds but distributed between the rest of them. They just rebound the ball so well. They're a very good team. And uh, Good U is going to make them play down to them defensively, and they are going to struggle a little bit, but not – the Lob City still comes out on top. Yeah, and I just went back and checked. This was a game that happened in week two, um, and now I feel really good about our line. Uh, Lob City won that game by six, um, 71 to 65. Um, and like you said, I think Lob City is going to have to play to Good U. This is going to be a low-scoring game. Good U knows how to win those games. I think Lob City knows how to win those games as well. Um, but you know, this is going to be a game that's probably played in the 50s or 60s, which is definitely more comfortable for Good U. Um, I'm going to pick Lob City to win this by possession, but I think Good U is going to cover the five points. I think this is going to be a really good game. Um, I'm pretty sure I can be there for it. So I'm, I'm definitely going to uh, be watching this game for sure. You know, if I have to be – actually, there's only going to be one game going on at a time. I forgot it's at 7 and 8. So I'll definitely uh, just be be there taking photos. Or if, if not, I'll, I'll be in the stands watching because uh, this is a game you're not going to want to miss. It's going to be very intense, um, and I think it's going to come down to the wire. Do you guys see um, – well, who do you see winning and uh, – if you have Lob City winning, who do you see covering? Yeah, I think Lob City covers a spread, and I think just because it'll be it'll just be kind of close at the end, and you know fouls and free throws will, will carry them over that five point margin. Um, but I expect this game to be back and forth throughout the first three quarters at least. Um, you know, like we talked about with Goodie earlier, they have a lot of weapons that can score between uh, Matt St. Hours, Ryan Plumbo, Randy Randy Butler, um, Brendan Degnan as well. Like those four guys can all get 15 to 20 points in any given night. And, um, you know, Lob City has the defensive players to match that with. Um, Jose, he's just a big body and great defender. Vic is a little bit smaller, but he's quick and also another great defender. Um, Nuri, uh, Nuri Mahmood, you know, he locks down the paint for Lob City. So um, he's in there and causing causing havoc. And, um, you know, Cody and Greg there. Not the best defenders, but, you know, if you can get stops with them on the floor, then they can just go out and um, hit threes and get you know, more than that on offense. So uh, with Lob City, I think we're going to get a big Cody Crawford game here. He's going to come out fire and he's going to hit a couple threes. And uh, I think Lob City covers the spread. 
I am uh, also on that side. I bet I I'm guessing Lob City covers the spread as well. Um, I'm expecting a huge game from Jose Mercado. He's proven he can hit from anywhere, and I feel like he has 30, 25 to 30 in the next game. I feel like he really takes over, especially in the end. But even with the defensive pressure that Goodyear is going to put in, I just don't see them winning this game. Yeah, it's going to be really tough for Goodyear. Um, the only thing I, I will say is, like, I've, I've made this point in the past, is Goodyear struggles to get their guys there all the time. Um, it's kind of like we talked about the halfway crooks earlier, like they don't always have consistent lineup. So I think, you know, con- you know, assuming that everyone's going to get there because it's the semifinals, but, you know, these are two teams of, of grown men. So, you know, they kind of have, more, you know, bigger responsibilities sometimes. So uh, hope, hopefully everyone's there on each side. So it's a, it's an even matchup and uh, it's a matchup I'm really looking forward to. I think it could fall either way. Obviously, like we said, Lob City deserves to be favored by a few points, um, but this is going to be an unbelievable matchup. And you know, good you, man. They can do. They did it last year, why, or two years ago. Why can't they do it again? So um, we'll see what happens. If you could, if you could put a total, like an over under, on this game, what would you set it at? Because we're kind of both talking about a, a defensive battle, so I'm interested yeah. to see where you where you fall on that. I would probably put it like right at like 120 and a half, probably. Yeah, I just think game is played in the in the low 60s or, or high 50s that's just kind of what good you does to you even though lob city can can score like extremely well we saw even even last week against ball don't lie who doesn't defend necessarily well uh only 72 points so now imagine uh you know a good you team that is able to hold a lot of teams you know in the 50s i think this could be a low scoring affair hmm. yeah i I'd, I'd probably say a little bit higher i'd probably say like one 27 128 in that range just because there's obviously with a a chance with a team like lob city that they drop 80 and then you know if you're taking the over then that's easy money there so um, i'll say a little bit higher but i still think it'll be in that 60 to 70 point range for each team so i'm excited to see this matchup and uh um i wish both teams the best of luck but you know only one can come out on top yeah i'm I'm right around the same area like 122 so Mm mm-hmm I think I think it's definitely gonna fall in that in that type of range right there. It's just in these games, even if you want if you expect the over under to be a little bit higher, um, I always think a little lower because just the intensity is ratcheted up another another level, the pressure is ratcheted up another level. So I always assume more missed shots, uh, more locked in defense. Uh, but we'll definitely see. I think, yeah, if we say like the over under is like one twenty four and a half, that's kinda of in the middle of all of us. Um, I'll take the under. But, uh, you know, I think it's definitely going to be close to that for sure. Mm-hmm. And one thing, too, about Goodyear that I don't think I mentioned earlier when we were talking about our game is they did a great job of just shutting down any transition opportunities that we could have had. And um, if they can do that to Lob City, like that's another huge part of Lob City's game is getting out and running. So um, if they can bring that intensity and be able to get back on defense like they did against us, then that also increases Goodyear's chances. I'm, like I said, I'm expecting a really good game. And um, down the stretch, I, I expect Lob City to hit just enough of the big shots in order to uh, to pull this one away. Yeah, that, that's a great point you make right there. I think the the IQ sits in good use favor. Everything else probably sits a little bit in Lob City's favor. Um, but we'll see how that falls on on Tuesday night for sure. Logan, any more thoughts on this game? Are you ready to move on? Um, I I don't see Lob City turning the ball over. It's anywhere as near as many times as they did in this game Mm. Tuesday night at all so but that's that's pretty much it everything else has been said Mm -hmm. yeah they had what they have uh nine nine turnovers turnovers. yeah that's really high for them Mm -hmm. I mean yeah it could happen I mean good like we talked about they're a great defensive team and they got a lot of steals against us so um they could do similar things and get you know force lob city to turn the ball over who knows we'll see yeah we will see and uh Another game we're going to see that will come directly after this on court one is uh, Duye's boys versus the Orcas. Orcas, a team where you probably didn't expect them to be in the spot, especially at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, you know, any time throughout the year, you know, they were kind of struggling up and down. There was one point where I think they combined for 75, 80 points, two games combined. Um, so that was an ugly stretch they had. Um, you know, they had one game, it was a forfeit. So, They've kind of been a little inconsistent here. 
but they're winning the games they need to win. They blew the Mambas off the court. Uh, they were able to outlast the, the Warriors, and now they get a chance at the big dog, dogs and the Duyez boys. Um, obviously, Duyez boys, in my mind, you're going to have to favor them by about 15 points. They've been beating everyone by basically 20 every single game. I think only one or two games where it was less than 20 points all season. And uh, I, I don't see why, you know, I think that the Orcas have the ability to make this game a lot closer, but I think, you know, based off conventional wisdom and everything that's going on this year, you gotta, you gotta set that line, at least in the teens. Um, what are you guys thinking about this game? Cause it's, it's going to be a tough matchup, at least for part of the game. Yeah. I was going to say if I had a line on this game, it'd probably be like, I would do nine and a half just because, um, from, you know, uh, going into a perspective, you can obviously think there, people either are going to think that Duyez boys are going to come out and blow this one out. And that's why you take the nine and a half and do favor. Or you might think, you know, the Orcas have enough in them to keep this game close towards the end. And that would be, you know, the, the way that you win a, a plus nine and a half Orcas um, bet. But I think, you know, for me, at least, this is a team that they matched up in week seven. Duyez boys won by um, 15. So that's probably one of their closer games all year. And um, looks like they started out that game slow for looking at that week seven game. They started out um, Orca's up at the end of the first and then the second quarter, um, Duyez boys turned it on. So, I mean, the Orcas clearly coming into this probably feel like they can compete and they have some sort of game plan that they can execute. They'll give them the best chance to win. Um, for the Duyez boys, it's just going to be, you know, what guy shows up? Is it Kutu? Is it Volpe? Is it Tartaglia? Is it Yars? Is it, you know, Shane Patrick? Who knows? Like, as long as one of those guys shows up, um, that'll give them the chance to be in the game or, you know, keep them in the game. And then they're just going to need some assistance along from one of the other guys in order to to pull this one out. Uh, yeah, I'm, I am uh, Duja's boys all the way. I don't think the Orcas are going to have the off- offensive ability to stay in this game. But the Duja's boys are just all over the place offensively. They move the ball well. They shoot the ball well. They do everything they need to do to get points. And the Orcas have proved that they can do that once every other game, maybe even less than that. And so I just don't think they are able to keep up in this game. I'm taking uh, maybe a 10-point spread. Like, it's like I don't think they they come close in this game. I just – the the Dujay's boys are going to – run offensively and i just don't think that the the orcas are going to be able to shoot the ball well enough to keep into this game at the end of it yeah yeah uh, you guys like the 10 point spread I'll, I'll i'll go with it then um i do think that duya's boys are going to cover that 10 points but i do think that the orcas with their tough defense and uh, like hard-nosed play i think that you know they might even have a chance to be up at halftime uh but i think that you know duya's boys will you know, the cream will rise to the top at some point. They're just more skilled basketball players. Um, they're long, they're athletic, um, they're a little younger. So, you know, there are a lot of variables that go into uh, the Duyez boys being the favorites here, as well as being on, you know, like a 13-game winning streak or whatever it is. So, you know, anyone that's been watching this podcast and listening to this podcast knows that I've been like a staunch, um, you know, follower and supporter of the Duyez boys. Um, you know, picking them to win last year, even though they were like two years ago when they were eight or nine seed, wherever they were. And, you know, I've been riding them all year. So I'm not going to leave them now. Um, you know, John Kutu, Vincent Volpe, Zach Tartaglia, that's probably, uh, you know, the best big three this league has probably ever seen. Um, you know, combining for like 70 points between the, the three of them, it's it's pretty impressive. So um, I got Duyez boys to win. I got Duyez boys to cover. Um, and they're going to be a team that's hard to beat unless you, you just find them on an off night. So, um, you know, who do you guys have winning and covering this game? I'm with you there. I think they win and they cover. Um, but, you know, the question is for the Orcas, like, what do they need to do? Because obviously, you know, the Duyez boys are the better team on paper and, you know, have been the better team all year. So it's like, what can the Orcas do to stay in this game and to give themselves a chance to win? Because if you get down to five minutes left and it's a two, three point game, like, anything can happen at that point. So that's kind of where the Orcas need to be. Um, or obviously if they can somehow be up, you know, 10 points by the end of the game and that obviously helps, but I'm not expecting that to happen. I'm expecting um, if the Orcas want a chance, they're going to have to be in it towards the end. And what do they do? What can they do to do that? They just need to 
have a great game shooting the ball. Um, you know, we don't really know if that um, has happened too often for them. So that's going to be, you know, something to watch for them in this game is if they can shoot the ball well. Um, and then other than that, they just need to play great defense and get back on defense because the DA's boys like to run, like you mentioned. They're young. They got legs. Um, you know, they're going to run it, you know, for 45 minutes if they could. And um, that's what Orcas need to stop is that transition game because with Kutu, Volpe, um, running the floor, it's it's tough to stop, and it's tough, you know, if you're not getting back to stop it too. Uh, I also say the DJ boys cover. Um, I'm also, um, I think that the the Orcas, if they want to win this game, they're gonna have to come in with a lot of energy. They're gonna come out. They're gonna come have to come in, and they're gonna have to shoot the ball better than they have done all year. Like it's gonna mm -hmm. have to be their best game by far. And uh, I really think that the Dujays boys. It, they basically the Dujays boys big three is gonna get sixty a game. They do anyways. They just have to try to keep pick which one they who they want to the the Orcas are gonna have to pick which two they want to focus on because one of them they they can't they can't focus on all three. But if they focus on two of them and not remove them from the game but keep them low scoring, they might have a chance to be in this game at the end and then they can try to run with that. But other than that, I think Dujays boys cover it and it's a very good chance that they do cover. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is uh, this is gonna be, you know, it's it's an interesting matchup for for a number of reasons. Um, another reason why I think it could be interesting is we have two big personalities on each on each side here, um, and two these are teams that got into, you know, uh, a big like I don't know if I'm gonna call it a scuffling. It was nothing physical, but you know, a, a yelling back and forth match. You know, you've been on the court many times with Shane Patrick. Um, although his numbers aren't always like something that blow you away. Does his, you know, presence out there on the court, does it change the game for the positive for the Dewey's boys? I mean, definitely doesn't hurt. Um, I think he's just a player who when, I mean, you'll know when you're playing or you'll know when he's in the room because, you know, he's he's so loud and vocal. And, um, you know, like you said, his numbers may not be the best numbers in the league, but um, he definitely brings a lot to this team. And if he wasn't on this team, it, it, not that the Dewey's boys would be a lot worse off, but um, he definitely brings a lot to, to this team and what and how this team goes and how they carry themselves. So uh, he plays a bigger part in the numbers show, like you mentioned. And um, I think especially with the history of him, you know, already knowing that he can trigger something in the Orcas, then um, he might, you know, whip up some some new insults or some new trash talk um, this week. And, you know, we'll see it on the court Tuesday and see if he can get the Orcas upset and get them, um, you know, frustrated with him. So if you can do that, then it definitely pulls the, the favor for in the favor of the Dewey's boys, because they know what he's going to be doing and um, they know how to play around it, which is not like hard to do when it's your own teammate who's talking trash to the other team. Right. Yeah. This is Shane Patrick can, can definitely get under, under your skin. I think he definitely energizes Dewey's boys when, he really gets going. Uh, that being said, as long as he doesn't get thrown out of the game, true. Depends who the refs are. You know, some of them can be really sensitive. Um, that that ref this league, but uh, some of them, you know, will go along with it. They realize it's just fun. Um, but you know, the Mambas, they just can't let that. They can't let that get under their skin because there's already enough disadvantages in this game. Uh, they can't play this game angry. They just got to be able to play this, you know, with a level head, uh, but hard nose at the same time. If that makes sense, because if you're gonna let Shane Patrick get in your head, then uh, you're already gonna, you know, be gone. So, um, all right. Well, I think that's a good recap on that game. I want to get into a little uh, post game or, or post season awards uh, before I know Logan. Hey, you have to run in about eight nine minutes. So, uh, let's just go quick. Uh, we'll do it for you know every category. If you guys um, have some idea on who you want to do for each category. But um, we'll start with Offensive Player of the Year. We'll just do Brian Logan, me, for every single one, and uh, we'll try and blow through this here before uh, Logan has to bounce. So uh, Offensive Player of the Year, who do you guys uh, have for that one? Um, so I, I know Joey typically doesn't award two players, the same, like two different – or you can, a player can get two awards is what I'm trying to say. So I think I'd probably have Kutu as Offensive Player of the Year, but I'm going to have him later in my selection. So for the Offensive Player of the Year, I'm going to go with Vincent Volpe because, like I said earlier in the show – the way he's been shooting the ball has, uh, you know, from three at least, probably the best in the league in terms of volume and efficiency. He's definitely up there. Um, and, you know, just his other, his other scoring inside the arc has been impressive, too. He's shooting 50, 58% from the field on the year. So 
um, you know, he definitely deserves an award, like I said earlier, and uh, Offensive Player of the Year is a pretty fair one to give him. Uh, I'm also with Volpe for uh, Offensive Player of the Year. The shooting efficiency is out is absolutely insane, especially from outside the arc. He's shooting 54%, almost 55% on the year from three, which is absolutely unreal, considering he's still averaging 26 points a game. So, uh, yeah, I'm, that's all the way for me. Yeah, and for me, it would have been John Kutu, but he's going to get a later award. Vince Volpe, for me, he's going to get a later award. So, again, like you said, they don't usually give double awards. Um, I'm going to go down to Grant Rosenberg. Um, I just feel as though he kept carried a really heavy load this year with a team that was pretty top-heavy, uh, you know, 24 points a game. He was an outstanding shooter, and he definitely uh, willed this team to a few wins here towards the end of the season. So I think uh, Grant Rosenberg, although that may not – you know, there's probably a good chance he's not going to win it. Uh, in my book, I think he deserves it because he really put on a great show, um, even when, you know, Ball Don't Lie was, was struggling there. I was so. going to say, Grant's my rookie of the year if uh, we wanted to give out that award. So yeah. that's what yeah, I have. Be that's all. what I was thinking too. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, all right, well, Offense Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, he definitely deserves something. Um, how about Defensive Player of the Year? Brian, this is an award you know something about. Uh, don't be bashful if you want to give it to yourself because there's a good chance you deserve it mm -hmm. yeah i mean we talked about earlier how i'm in contention for it and uh i actually want like i said i want this not more than the mvp but i'd like to have you know i'd like to just keep racking up these dpois because at this point it's just kind of it's funny to me if i keep getting them so i hope i hope i got a, a fifth one here out of out of six tries so um i hope i got that award instead of the mvp especially because our team's out of the playoffs and in, in the quarterfinals so um you know don't want to get anyone upset by winning mvp and losing in you know, the, the quarters like that. So to me, DPOY, I want to be mine. Hopefully it is. Hopefully that's how it's voted, but I guess we'll see what happens. I, I agree, Brian. You are, you're my defensive player of the year, leading in rebounds, leading in blocks, and you were, you needed one more steal to tie for the lead in steals, man. But yeah, you're everything, everything that you would want in a defender, you got it. Thank you. Yeah. Like we said on this pod, I think it was last week or the week before, uh, you really are like the, the Giannis of the legacy leagues, man. You could be MVP, defensive player of the year. Um, although you may not always be like the best shooter in the world, like your defense and your ability to get to the rim and create is uh, is definitely unmatched in this league. So you're my defensive player of the year easily. Um, there's a good chance you actually do end up with the MVP award, which I know, whatever. I mean, it's not it's not a bad uh, consolation. So yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we'll move on to fifth man. I want to get all Logan's picks in here before he has to go. So who do you guys have for the fifth man of the year? So, yeah, I was trying to look at like the season stats and see which guys had a lot of points, but didn't have a lot of starts because um, there wasn't anyone in particular that like we played against. that I was like, wow, this guy, you know, is a clear cut uh, fifth man. So by just looking at some stats and trying to get some names, um, it looked like, what was it? I think, Brendan Degnan of the uh, of Good You didn't have too many starts, and I mean he was definitely impactful in a lot of their games. So um, I can't find his stats now, but if um, I think he had one start, so to me I think he should be fifth man of the year. I don't know who you guys have. This is a pretty open award in terms of the players that could possibly get it. Yeah, I don't really have a clue on where to go with this one. Um, I was trying to look and see. Um, probably my fifth man. I don't think is Shane Patrick a starter for DJ's boys because he was pretty good all season long, but only has four games in. So yeah, he doesn't always start. So yeah, that, okay, yeah, that would probably be mine. Uh, do he gets the he gets everything he brings the energy, and so I I think that would be my most improved or my uh, yeah, that would definitely be my sixth, fifth man of the year for sure. Yeah, he, uh, although, like we said, doesn't show up on the box score, definitely uh, shows in the opponents and the way they play. Um, tell me if I'm wrong, Brian, but Dave Campbell, he only started two games this year. Is that true? Oh, yeah. I forgot that Dave only started two games. Um, but yeah, Dave, he could win it. Yeah, he's a pretty easy choice. 14 points per game, uh, yeah. just an all around great player. Um, and he showed it, of course, in, in the fourth corner of your game this week, you know, dropping like four three-pointers, very clutch, and just missed that floater going into uh, 
basically win the game. So I think Dave Campbell's a great choice there. I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, I'll vouch uh, that. I forgot that he like, – not that he doesn't start for us, but it's just because in the playoffs we, we start with him and then the regular season we have him off the bench just because it works out with our rotations and stuff. So, yeah, if he wins it, I'd be happy, and I think he definitely deserves some credit for this year. Definitely. Um, and then we'll do uh, most improved player of the year. Hmm. This one is difficult. I'm sure Logan being his first year kind of covering yeah, the league, he's got a tough. I'm thinking. Um, I mean, you honestly could go with Volpe too here. Not, um, you know, I think if he doesn't win offensive player of the year, I think you could definitely make, you definitely should make the case that he's most improved because his numbers year over year are um, impressive. Yeah, and, and Logan, I'll give you a little bit more time to look, but uh, Vince Volpe is, is my choice as well. Um, you know, we, we talked about, or I talked about it earlier, how he did a nine-point jump. He went from 15.9 points per game to 25 points per game. Um, his three-point shooting went up 5%. Uh, his, you know, everything improved. His uh, rebounding went up two rebounds a game. Uh you know, everything besides assists, basically, because he was shooting more. So uh, although Vincent didn't really improve, improve he basically just um, became more assertive on the offensive end. Uh, you know, I, I think he's my most improved player because he definitely deserves an award. He's been a, a top five player all season, in my opinion. I'm going to have to roll Volpe as well. He's definitely been – it's kind of hard to be that – the third role or the second role on a big three. And he really just comes in and puts in the work each week. And I really enjoyed, I've really enjoyed watching him this season from what I've saw. So I'm going to have to go with him as well. Yeah. I, hopefully he walks away with the postseason award. Um, I'll throw in another name too, before um, Logan has to drop off. I think Ellis Einhorn definitely deserves some credit from ball. Don't lie. Um, not necessarily one year. Cause last time he played was winter, winter 2019. So they missed one year. Um, but, you know, look at his numbers from that winter season. He averaged four points per game. This year, he averaged 13 points per game. Look at his shooting numbers, 27% from the field, 21% from three in, in the winter. And then this year, he was 44 from the field, 44% from three. So um, improvements all around from Ellis. And, you know, a team that um, he was kind of their next second guy behind uh, Grant uh, Rosenberg. So I could see him getting it. Um, and I think if he got it or Volpe got it, that would definitely be fair for them. Yeah. And shout out to Grant. He's really invested into the league. Uh, I kind of love like all the Twitter videos and everything. He, he cares a lot and I'll post all their mm. stuff on, on YouTube. So that's pretty cool. Um, Logan, do you have another minute to do MVP or you got to run? Uh, no, I can. I'll, yeah, I can do MVP real quick. All right, cool. Yeah. We'll get out of here. Um, all right. So Brian, who's your MVP? My MVP is John Kutu, you know, DA's boys undefeated. His numbers um, improve from, you know, the past season that they won it all. So, I mean, you know, no brainer for me there. I'm same way. John Kutu has been fantastic all year long. He gets his points for sure. And uh, every week he comes in and does work. And I really like that player. And uh, he does exactly what he needs to do every weekend and week out. And he's a very good leader, it seems. And so, you know, I just, that's my MVP. Awesome. Yeah. I, I'm going the same way. Uh, Brian, I think there's a really good chance you win this. Um, but like I said, I hope you win Defensive Player of the Year, and I hope uh, Johnny Kutu wins MVP because uh, I think he deserves it. If you go by MVP by the you know traditional sense of the word, most valuable to their team, I think there's a good chance that you know Brian, you might fit that mold the best. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, uh, MVP basically means who has the best stats, and Johnny Kutu's on a team that hasn't lost. He's been uh, you know, the best player on that team, even though he's had a lot of help. Uh, and I think he definitely deserves it. Uh, I remember playing with John when I was like seven, eight, nine years old, whatever. And he's come a, a real long way when that growth spurt hit, man, he went from like four foot two to like six foot one or whatever. <laughs> he just became a, a different animal. So I think he's going to be, you know, it's going to be close between you guys. You guys are definitely splitting votes here. Um, but whoever it goes to, uh, I'll be happy. And I think you guys will be happy because, uh, you know, yeah, you guys both deserve some sort of award. So uh, fantastic seasons for everyone. Um, you guys have any any last statements here? Anything you want to say before we go or are we ready to wrap it up? I'm good. I mean, I'm I'm excited to uh, just watch the semifinals and see what two teams we get in the finals. And, you know, I, even though I'm out, I'm still locked into Legacy Leagues and still following it closely. So 
excited to see how this season turns out and seeing, you know, can the Duyez boys pull off the perfect season? Um, you know, can good you keep this, you know, six seed Cinderella run going? Um, can the Orcas pull off an upset here in the semifinals or, you know, can Lob City, you know, reclaim the throne that they had for the first four seasons? So there are, those are four pretty interesting storylines going into the semifinals that uh, I'm excited to see how it turns out. I'm uh, not excited that the season's winding down, but mm. I'm really, really just excited to hopefully come back and help you guys out. And I'm This has been a fun experience for me, and I hope I continue to do it. So, Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining me. This was, this was great. Uh, you guys are way better than my, my normal co-hosts. Uh, <laughs> and by the way, actually one last postseason award I forgot is uh best legacy leagues podcast host. And I guess that goes to me. So <laughs> you're the only one who showed up for this show. So I, I guess yeah. you have to, be, you have to get it. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I showed up, uh, you know, I guess that counts. So, um, but yeah, thanks to everyone for watching all year. Um, I think next week we'll have a, a little recap show, um, we'll see what's going to go on with that, but yeah, thanks everyone for, for watching and listening. I really appreciate it. And thank you guys for joining us. Um, looking forward to the semis. So, and the finals, so we'll see what happens. See you guys. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thank thanks, you. Man.